Uh, would you stand with me? And let's, let's read a passage from 2 Timothy. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, scandalous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the light that is in your word. And I pray, Lord, that that light would would shine forth today and that the Holy Spirit would touch us and make us receptive to it so that it can be useful in our lives and so that we don't just slough it off. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when I read this list, I've got this kind of perverse sense of humor because when I read this list, I I... I almost, I, it's, it's sad, but I almost have to laugh because I keep going, yeah, 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 check, 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 oh boy, yeah, just, yeah, check, check, keep going. It's just, it's all there. Uh, it, it really is. And it's something, it's actually, it's something to think about. But before we, before we jump into that, um, I want to talk just a second about the season of Advent because uh, unless you were brought up in a liturgical church or with a liturgical background, it may not be something that, that you're familiar with. It's the four Sundays uh, preceding Christmas uh, or preceding December the 25th. And uh, we, don't, we don't follow all the traditions, all of the, all of the customs of Advent here. We, we, uh, for a few years, we uh, did more than we do now. We had actually light the candles and, uh, and do things like that. Now we just put them up on the screen uh, instead of actually lighting them. And, uh, but there are, there are several things that we do. And one of those things is that for four, the four weeks before Christmas, the four Sundays, we do focus on Advent. Now, Advent, uh, if you, if you just think of the word out of the context of this season, uh, the word literally means the beginning of something, uh, the start of something, something new. And so part of Advent is focused on the birth of Christ, the incarnation. Uh, in fact, that's what we tend to focus on on the most when we talk about Advent. The first Advent is celebrated on December the 25th. And uh, and just, just a couple of things about that. You know, uh, sometimes people say, well, uh, you know, sh- should we even celebrate Christmas? I mean, the Bible doesn't necessarily uh, tell us to celebrate Christmas or Christ's birth. But, you know, my thinking is uh, the angels celebrated it uh, the, uh, the shepherds got pretty happy about it and observed it, got excited about it. The, uh, the wise men certainly observed it. Uh, now they weren't there on the night that he was born, but when they saw the star, they went, that's what we're looking for. Let's go. Uh, so they observed it. And you know, if you don't want to focus on it or don't want to, to, to celebrate it or think about it, knock yourself out. But, uh, but I, I don't see anything wrong with, with celebrating it. That's for sure. And I, and I think it actually does us good to spend some time each year where we are focusing on this, this miracle, this mystery, the wonder of the incarnation of, of Christ. It's an incredible thing. 
And uh, and then people say, well, we don't know that he was born on December the 25th. No, we don't know he was born on December the 25th. He might not have been born on December the 25th. Uh, but that's irrelevant. The important thing is that we focus. The important thing is that we take the time to to tune our hearts to once again under, observe the mystery and the wonder of what's going on. Uh, and And something... Pretty incredible may have happened on December the 25th. I, I would encourage you to go to the starbethlehem.org and uh, look at that website, or you can you can uh, watch the, uh, the the documentary on the Star of Bethlehem. I, I don't usually go for uh, the, the documentaries that are going to uncover mysteries for us, but this one's this one's this one's tight. This one's this one's good. I'd encourage you to do that. A uh, couple of events that we do every year uh, during Christmas time. Carols by candlelight. This year it'll be on uh, December the twenty first. It's the Wednesday night before Christmas. And I was asked this year, you know, since it was kind of fairly close, you know, is that too close? No, it's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's such a warm, special, wonderful night. It'll be from 7 to 8.15 here. And if you've never been before, you want to be here by 7. Uh, actually, you might want to get here even earlier because it, it'll be standing room only and it'll be a special night. And then Christmas Day, we have a service from 11 to 12. And Christmas happens to fall on Sunday this year. I think the last time that happened, I announced that Christmas this year will fall on Christmas. But uh, it, it, it's going to fall on Sunday, we're, but we're going to still do what we normally do on Christmas Day. It'll be 11 to 12 because that's a busy day for people, but it's exactly what the day needs. When you, when, you, when you actually spend some time worshiping that day and we'll go to the table, you know, you come to the end of the day full rather than there being a hole in there going, what happened uh, today? So anyway, that's... Uh, that's that. This season, though, also points to the second advent, the second coming of Christ. That'll be the beginning of something new. And some say he won't return. Or some say that that's eh, not too sure about that. But that doesn't make any sense. I mean, if, he, if you believe that he came the first time, and you believe that he died on the cross, and you believe that he that he rose from the dead, and that he did all these things to uh, to usher in a kingdom that will replace the world system, and then not come back. I, it, Jesus is a finisher, okay? He he he's a finisher. He's a closer, and so yeah, I, he'll, he'll come back. And if you claim to believe the Bible then you have to accept the doctrine of the second coming. Now, you don't have to accept all of the, all of the crazy ideas people have, have, uh, have created around the doctrine, but you have to, have to believe the doctrine. Uh, Jesus himself said, well, I, I, I quoted it down there. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come again, take you to be with me, so that where I am, there you can be. But that's not all that he said. He said, for as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. It will be a public event. It will be something that, that people can, can see. It, 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 will be, it will be tangible. It will be witnessed by everyone. In, in fact, he, he went on to say, at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and, and with glory. So this, this, is a, this is a public event. This is, this is something that if you're if you're if you if you're prepared to say Jesus isn't really coming back then you're actually saying Jesus got that one wrong because he clearly 
expected himself to be coming back. Uh, and then one more verse there, scores of them in the scripture. But uh, when he ascended into heaven, uh, angels appeared to the disciples and, and said, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. In other words, literally, physically. And so I want to talk today a little bit about signs of his coming. And if you've been here very long or you've ever heard me talk on this topic, then you know that I, I'm, not a, I'm not a prediction uh, person. I'm not somebody to go, okay, this uh, this is this is when it's going to be that this festival happens at this time with this feast and there's you know a, a blood moon or something going on and so that means that's when Christ is going. No, I don't. But we love that stuff. I mean, it's spiritual candy. It really is spiritual popcorn. We just can't get enough of it once once it starts kind of once it starts kind of coming, and we always have. Uh, even as early as the second century, uh, various sects and individuals have, have proclaimed when his return should be. Now, the first person actually historically documented to come out and predict a year was, uh, was a guy named Hilary of Poitiers, and he predicted that Christ would return in A.D. 365. What's special about A.D. 365? Come on, the early service knew this. 365 days makes a whole year. So 365 years after Christ came, wham, there it is, right? He didn't. He didn't come. Uh, and then 500 was a, was a, was a big year. Uh, 1,000 was a big year for predictions. Uh, 1,033 was a big year for predictions. Anybody? Yeah, 1,000 years after he died on the cross. Of course, that's when he would come back, but he didn't. And, and, and we are so, we're, we're so, we're so gullible and we love, to, we love to get into this stuff. In the year 1,000, this is a historical fact. In the year 1,000, the body of Charlemagne was disinterred. And the reason why they dug him up was because Christ was going to come back in 1,000 and they needed his body to fight the Antichrist. Not as weird as what we do these days, but it's a true story. Pope Innocent III, and isn't that a weird name, Innocent? Okay, maybe it isn't. Do you know anybody named Innocent? The Pope, okay. Uh, well, I, yeah, I set that one up. Okay, uh, but Pope Innocent III predicted um, <clears throat> 1284, and he got that by adding 666 to the year that Islam started. <sighs> Didn't happen. Uh, one group, and I, I, I won't say that they're my favorite group because they're really not. It's, it's really, really sad, but, uh, but they're... They just show how, how out there we can get. There was, there was a group in, in Russia called the Old Believers who predicted that in 1669, Christ would return. Now, I don't know how they came up with that number, and Christ didn't return in 1669. But the interesting thing about this group is over a 21-year period, over 20,000 of them burned themselves to death to protect themselves from the Antichrist. 
we are so, and it's not like we're different. I mean, hopefully we're different from that, but as, as a race, as the human race, we, we can get, we can really get out there. Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, calculated from Daniel that Christ would return in 1914. Since then, they've predicted 1915, 1918, 1920, 1925. Took a little break, 1941. Took a longer break, 1975, 1994. If, if they keep predicting, one of these days they're going to get it right. <laughs> or they're going to be close, at least. But here's what, here's what Jesus said. About that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, I'm a Father, but I'm not the Father. And neither is anybody else that is human being. We, we don't know. Jesus said we don't know. In fact, he went on to say later, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. And it doesn't say he will come in an hour when they do not expect him. He said, when you do not expect him. Now, there are lots of places in the New Testament where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and we, uh, we apprehend that. We, uh, um, we, we engraft ourselves in that and go, he's talking to us. That's what he's saying to us. Well, guess who he's talking to here? Us. And so the only thing that we know for sure is that when he comes will be a time that we don't expect. And so we have to be ready because if he had told us when it was going to be or if we actually knew when it was going to be, we would do stupid stuff. But what we're supposed to do is be ready, is be ready. And there are signs. And so what I want to do today is, is remind you of, of some of them. And, and I, I want to touch on, on three things, three Three, uh, three topics here. And, uh, and the first one, the first one is Israel. Um, much of the information about the second coming requires the existence of the nation of Israel. Now, um, how you feel about political Israel is totally irrelevant. Matters not at all in this context. I mean, whether you, whether you feel like everything they do is right and must be supported, or whether you feel like they're a terrorist state, or whether somewhere in between, uh, the, the, the miracle is they're here. They exist. And it's just totally unprecedented in the history of mankind. In A.D. 70, Titus and his Roman legions completely destroyed Jerusalem, and that was the end of the, of the, of the, of the Jewish state at that point in time. And they just simply didn't exist. Now, there was a Jewish religion. There were Jewish people. There was no Jewish state. And that went on until 1948. And if you do the math, that's 1,878 years where a nation wasn't, and then it was again. Now, can you think of any other times that that's happened? No. I mean, it's not a trick question. It's a, it's a straight question. The answer is no. No, you can't because it, it hasn't happened to anybody else. Now, um, the likelihood that there was ever going to be an Israel was so ridiculous that there, there's, there's even been theology developed to explain why the church has replaced Israel in, in, in all of the references 
in the New Testament and the Old Testament references to the to the coming kingdom. Uh, why why the, it's called replacement theology and and that all references to Israel and eschatology, which is simply the study of last things, are, are simply symbolic and 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 not not literal. Uh, it's because Israel didn't exist. Israel couldn't exist. Couldn't couldn't imagine it existing, and yet. It does. Now that's in general. And I want to give you one specific thing here about, uh, about Israel. And, and that is if, if the temple should be rebuilt, the Jewish temple, if that should happen, buckle your seatbelt in because we are ready to light this candle. Uh, things are extremely close. You kind of go, ah, that you know that that couldn't happen. There's there's all this uh, political stuff going on, things that would keep it from happening. Uh, this is a, we're at a weird time, people. I mean, things that can't happen have been happening lately. In case you hadn't noticed, they they really have, and not you know not just in our country, all all over the globe. Strange things have been happening. So Israel, Israel is a marker. The fact that it exists is a miracle. There are other markers. That's the only one that that I'm that I'm going to give you because I'm sure of it. If that were to happen, I, now I'm not saying that the temple has to exist for Christ to come back. You know, there could be that 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 could be uh, symbolic rather than literal. But I'm just saying, if it gets literal, <whistles> second marker, uh, Antichrist. One will appear who is identified by many names, the, the beast, the little horn, the man of lawlessness, the, the Antichrist. Uh, and uh, he's important. He's important because his appearing will, um, uh, will, will prefigure Christ's return, and his time is short, uh, probably no longer than seven years, okay? Uh, and so if... If he should appear, then you know, hey, we're 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 right here now. Uh, once again, you can't necessarily mark mark your calendar, mark the date, because when he appears, nobody's going to know at the beginning. Oh, that's the Antichrist. Yeah. So it'll be a while in before people will be able to begin to catch on and go, wait a minute. Uh, those who actually do catch on. So uh, you can't exactly mark it, but, but seven years is how, how long, how long his time will be. And, uh, so here's some signs. First, some general signs, and I'm going to give you two specific signs. In general, he will be boastful in the extreme. Uh, someone whose, whose language is, is totally prideful and boastful, consider himself above the rule of law. Laws are for other people, you know. Uh, you know, there's law, but then there's getting stuff done. And if law kind of gets in the way, he is the man of lawlessness, after all. And he will have little regard for the truth. Uh, tr- truth will be totally irrelevant to him. Uh, delusion. Deception are his tools, and many, many 
will be taken in. And as I read the scripture, the many who are taken in are not just those people who don't go to church. Uh, and let me just say, <laughs> I'm going to have to say several things, but, but let me just say, uh, don't think, well, it can't happen here. Uh, we don't know where he's going to come from. I mean, when I was when I was a kid, it was it was always well, he's going to come from the uh, from the European common market because they've got ten nations and there were ten heads on this beast and blah blah blah. Uh, well, they got thirty two nations in the common market now as the European Union. Uh, you know, well, he's going to come from Russia. Well, he might come from Russia. Uh, I had a pastor who was certain he was coming from Syria. Maybe he's coming from Syria. We don't know where he's coming from. Okay. Uh, and especially don't think, well, many might be taken in, but it can't happen to me. Because as soon as you think it can't happen to me, you're, you stick a fork in. I mean, you're done. You're done for at that point in time. So extremely, extremely boastful, uh, Second Thessalonians. Well, actually, he'll, he, his way will be prepared, preceded by many false prophets, many coming out and, 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 uh, and, and touting him. And then ultimately by the false prophet, Second Thessalonians says the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He's a liar and the father of all lies. When he lies, he speaks his native language. It's what Jesus said. He'll use all sorts of displays of power. Through signs and wonders, it'll serve the lie and, and all the ways of wickedness that deceive those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And, and I used to, I used to think that, uh, that, that when it said they refuse to love the truth, that meant that they, uh, wouldn't accept the Bible or didn't, didn't take the Bible. Uh, and yes, the Bible is the truth, but I, I think it's a little more broad than that. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of talking about a situation where people no longer regard truth as being necessarily important. Truth can be extremely inconvenient at times. You can't handle the truth. And so it says they perish because they refuse to love the truth. And as I, you know, I also was, was taught growing up that, that, you know, he would rule the whole world. I, I, but I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, I think initially he's going to be real successful. Initially it's going to be a situation where everybody looks at it and goes, wow, this is who we've been waiting for all along. And, and it's going to be awfully tough to kind of not be taken in. I mean, who doesn't want to see uh, peace in the Middle East? Who doesn't want to see, uh, wars stopped? Who doesn't want to see disease done, done away with and, and, and hungry fed? Who, who doesn't want to see that stuff? Who's, who's going to say, Oh, I don't know about that. No, we all want to see that. And then about three or three and a half years in, the wheels will start coming off. And that's when, that's when things get, get really tough. Um, now, I'm going to have to say this. I, I, I said it in the first service. I, I wasn't intending to. I'm not talking about Donald Trump. 
At least I don't think I am. I, uh, I, I, I'm praying for the man. I, I told you, whoever got elected, I was going to, believe me, whoever, whoever sits in that seat needs our prayers for sure. And the Bible tells us to pray for them. Uh, so, but, so I'm not, I'm not talking about him, but I will say this. Some of these things kind of tend to describe, and if nothing else, it kind of shows us that we're ready to follow somebody who could maybe have a lot of these things applied to them. So the, the time could be very close. Now, here's two specific things about the Antichrist, though. Two specific things that, uh, that you look for. One is, is the, the fatal wound. Uh, in Revelation 13, 3, it says one of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. Uh, whenever a leader like this arises and it looks like he's been offed, and, but it turns out that, no, he lives. wonder where else we apply that phrase. It was kind of a counterfeit resurrection type of thing. He lives, you know. Check that one off serious big time. Because that's pretty specific. And then secondly is, uh, is, is the end of cash. And you've heard me talk about this before if you've been here when I've referenced this. Uh, Revelation 13, 16, 17, he forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast and the number of its name. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to spend too much time on the, on the cashless part. I mean, we, we can definitely, I barely carry cash around anymore already. Uh, I don't have any marks, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't do that. And most, a lot of you probably don't as well. But uh, I was thinking today, because later on in Revelation, it talks about if anybody didn't have that mark, that they'd be killed. And it kind of go, why in the world would they, why in the world would they be killed? Well, you know, uh, a lot of times I've, I've, I've heard what that, that the mark may very well, you know, be like an implant or something, you know, you can scan and do things like that. Well, what else can you do if somebody's implanted? Know exactly where they are who they've been dealing with, what they bought. And what does, that, what does that do to terrorist networks? Just saying. So who wouldn't want to have one of those so we could all be safe? Dangerous people that maybe we need to do away with. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> And then, and then uh, this is news you can use, people. And then uh, life in this world. Jesus, Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it you're not alarmed. Such things must happen. The end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. He said, well, these things have always been happening. Uh, are they worse than ever? I don't know. I mean, I know they've always been happening, and I don't know if they're worse than ever. But I do know that for sure we're hearing about them more than ever, more than any generation before us has ever heard about them. 
which is what Jesus said would happen. And then, and then there's the passage that we read today. And wow. <laughs> People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient. When people are that way, they look for leaders who are that way. So, of course, the Antichrist will be attractive. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And, and, you know, once again, uh, people are people. And yes, there's always been some of this. Uh, Is it worse than ever? Well, one of the advantages of getting older is frame of reference. And I don't know if it's worse now than it was a thousand years ago. I don't know if it's worse now than it was 100 years ago. But I absolutely know it's worse now than it was 50 years ago, 60 years ago. I, 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 no question about it. And it seems to definitely be accelerating. And, you know, and I'm trying to take into account the fact that as you get older, you also kind of go, oh, these young people these days, you know. <laughs> you know, no, no, I mean, I, I know there's some of that, but no. I'm talking. I'm not talking about young people. I'm talking about the culture. That's what I'm talking about. When my dad was uh, was a young man, there was a song that, uh, as I was uh, for some reason this week, this song just got stuck in my brain, and it's one of those things that you just kind of go, "Get out of here!" But it just wouldn't leave. And but there was a song that uh, uh, that was very popular in my dad's day, and. Uh, some of you are old enough that you probably have actually heard it at some point in time, but it went like this. M is for the many things she gave me. O means only that she's growing old. T is for the tears that she shed for me. H is for her heart of purest gold. I is for her eyes with love light shining. R means right, and right she'll always be. Put them all together, they spell mother, the one who means the world to me. Now, most of us like our mothers, but can you imagine that song being successful today? Can you imagine people going, oh yeah, I love that song. You know, and I know it's it's kind of saccharine and 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 maudlin and all and all that business, but really it's not even the melody, it's the R means right and right shall always be. Yeah, things have changed. Things things are are in that direction. Well that's 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 bad. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's got to happen. Jesus says this is the beginning of birth pains. And, and, and uh, he said because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And Peter, Peter says, above all, though, understand this. Now, look, uh, the things that I'm saying today, you know, some uh, you're, you're probably like, well, I thought we were going to hear a sermon, not a 
whatever this is. Uh, well, the whatever this is, this is news you can use. This is, this is, something, this is something about your life right now and, and to come. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires, they will say, where is this coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of, of creation. And understand, we know that we live in a culture, we know that we live in a society that the idea of Jesus coming down out of the sky and taking over the earth is just kind of like, yeah, right, okay. And, and also, kids, Santa is coming And at times it can even kind of seep into our thinking. But what we need to understand is that when that happens, we're fulfilling prophecy. It's exactly what was said would happen. And it has to happen. Because Peter goes on to say, in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. No more oppression. The, the the oppressors will be will be shattered like, like like clay. The physical bullies will be will be shown for the cowards that they are, and the, the spiritual bullies will be shown for the, the fakes that they are. No more exploitation. Well, women, women and, and, and children will not be used by men anymore. The way that and, and many of them are learning to be users themselves. No more fear. The fear mongers will be out of business. Nobody will be buying what it is that, that, that they're peddling, that they sell. No more hunger. The almost one billion people who go to bed hungry every night will actually, will actually be fed. No, no more dead end lives. And every single one of you know someone whose life is that way unless you've shut them out of your life. No, no more, no more dead end lives. No more, no more utter despair. No more tears. Revelation says he will wipe every tear from our eyes. When comes that final day, he will wipe our tears away. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more, no more pain. The old order of things will pass away. And I say, good riddance. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Isaiah said the same thing. He said, said he'll destroy death. He'll destroy the, 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 the shroud that enfolds all people. And the, the sovereign Lord will wipe tears away and, and take away the disgrace of his people. And Jesus says, when these things happen, when, the, when these things happen, don't, don't go run and hide. When these things happen, don't cower in fear. He said, when you begin to see these things happen, stand up. Stand up. Look, look, look up. Lift up your heads. Your redemption is drawing near. This is what we have longed for. This is what we have waited for. It's what all of creation is in mourning for to see come to pass and to see happen. You know, we've, we've developed such a, it's so great to be a Christian. Happy, you know, happy hands, happy feet theology. And it, we, we don't understand that, yes, he's coming, and that's great. And it's, there are going to be terrible times. And in fact, his coming will be terrifying for those who aren't ready. Ready. 
And this stuff is real. This stuff is true. Something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. But you better stop, listen, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going around. Yeah, I started, I was going to make that the theme of, this, of, the, of the sermon today. And, and now it is. <laughs> Would you stand with me? <laughs> Actually, I, I, I didn't... I, I didn't set Wayne up for it, or we could have maybe had it playing when I when I came on. But that's okay. We got better stuff to sing. For those who are going to uh, minister with people, pray with people. If it, if you'd come forward, and and if you're here today and you need prayer, this is a wonderful season, uh, but it's also a hard season for a lot of people. I was uh, we had a great Thanksgiving, uh, however. Twelve years ago on Thanksgiving Day is the day my mother died, uh, and it's you know that's that's I'm totally okay with that. I know where she is. I know what she wanted. I, that's that's good. Uh, but a lot of times this this season of the year reminds us of loss and reminds us of places in our lives that where there's pain. Uh, What can I say? God loves you. He wants, he, wants, he wants to fill those places with himself. Fill them with love. So if you've, if you've got something you need prayer for, you come. These brothers and sisters will pray with you. If you don't know Christ, listen, when this stuff is going to happen, and when it does, you don't want to be on the other side. You don't, you don't want to be on the wrong team, and you don't have to be. There's nothing you need to do to be on his side except go I want to be on your side I, I, I believe in you I accept you so if you need to know Christ we'd love to introduce you to him you come and if you don't need to come worship with us for a few moments